And this episode of Hatrick Hockey is brought to you by our good friends over at Clarou and Son Roofing. These guys are the kings of roofing, Tristan, like we say, the kings of roofing. These guys last summer alone, over 25,000 bundles of shingles done. They're fully insured. They offer free estimates. The work they do is incredible, and they always get the job done right the first time. So be sure to hit up the boys over at Clarou and Son Roofing because, like we always say, when you want your roof done, call Clarou and Son, baby. Mm-hmm. Don't Well, everybody, very special guest with us today. He is a member of Barstool Sports, Spitting Chicklets, Chicklets Game Notes. If you don't know this guy, you live under a fucking rock if you like hockey and you don't know this guy. G, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me, boys. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Man, like I was saying, I can't believe I got you so quick. You answered me like I was, like I was saying, like I didn't expect for you to be so quick, but I love the way you guys reach out to fans. You guys are very active when it comes to like interacting with your fans, right? Yeah, I think that's um, that's out of the Biz Nasty playbook, actually, to be honest. You probably think it wouldn't be that way since Biz is like the most, probably like the most famous out of everyone. But yeah, I think Biz, that's always kind of something he's instilled in us is, you know, answer, like answer the fans, you know what I mean? Like in, engage with them and I think it's it's also important, like, I personally love engaging with the fans, and I'm sure there's tons of fans out there that have gotten these messages or and stuff from me is, mm-hmm. I, I like hearing your opinion. Like, what can we do better? What can we do different? Like, I remember this guy emailed me once about, uh, or he it, it was like in the Chicklets Reddit about like our audio being, um, you know, not great. And uh, I messaged the kid, I found him, I messaged him and was like, hey, like, what can we do better? Like, what do you think we can do better? And we'll, we'll do it. Like, it's just, yeah. Like I'm kind of rambling here, but like, I think uh, it's good to always take, you know, the fans input and the listeners input because without us, without you guys, we're nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like big time public outreach. Not only is it uh, good for the fans and connecting back to you, but uh, like you said, it's that feedback, right? It's a two way street. You can work off of each other. And uh, we found that even though we're, small operation like uh it's good to get involved with the community since we're so local and that's what we base it off of right it's it's a part of our image and even though you guys have grown uh nationally and internationally Mm. you it's awesome that you're still able to do that and be so down to earth of course dude of course and i mean that's i think that's something that like a lot of people learn about us when they come to like a meet and greet or like an event that we do is like we we just want to hang with everyone like we just want to you know have some pink whitney have some have some big deals and talk hockey Mm -hmm. yeah by the way i'm already into it g let's go let's (laughs) go uh, and i have the never uh, too early deals there are in the fridge too i have some of those too love that gotta support you guys man love Um, that so let's go kind of way back, G. Did you, when you like grew up, you played like hockey as well, didn't you? Growing up, yep, yeah, I played my whole life. I, uh, you know, played in high school, played uh, club hockey in college. Grew up in a hockey family. Uh, three brothers all played hockey, so you know, family trips. I wasn't going on cruises and going to Florida like all the other kids in my class. I was going to 
the Brick tournament or I was going to, you know, the Quebec tournament or Toronto, Montreal, or even the New England Sports Center. It seemed like I was there every Memorial Day and Labor Day. So, yeah, it was uh, my, my my childhood was spent in a hockey locker. I mean, it's funny because not a lot of people like know that really. And it's funny because like people will come up to me and be like, oh, did you play hockey? Like, do you, it's, it's shocking. Like how much you know about hockey when you didn't even play. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I, I played my whole entire life. Like my <laughs> life was dedicated to hockey. Was I good enough to play after college or after high school? No. Was I good at hockey? No, I wasn't great, but like, it's still like it, it, it was everything to me growing up. You know what I mean? I remember in second grade, actually, I had a teacher that in front of the whole class was like, stop writing about hockey. Everything you do is about hockey. Like you need to pick something else. I think I just picked baseball was my next topic, but yeah, it's just, I love hockey. I grew up in a hockey family and it's, uh, it's just always been such a big part of my life. And I'm so lucky now that I get to uh, do a job where that's kind of what my, my everyday is. I love it. That's terrific. What's your favorite hockey memory growing up? Ooh, that, wow, that's a great question. Um, I would say my greatest hockey memory, um, in squirts and like squirt hockey, like winning like the the regional championship to go to states. Um, in peewees, I was playing on the Valley Warriors. We uh we went to nationals. That was a fun experience. Nice. Um, I think my first high school hockey varsity game might be my um my my most memorable experience um because it was funny because i was also called up at the time and all my friends in the in the crowd chanted started chanting we want mikey so that that was that's always something that will and then when the coach pat me tapped me on the shoulder and is like all right grinnell get out there and you're like oh my god it's happening i'm getting my first and it sounds so cliche like mm -hmm. And it sounds lame, like, oh, your first varsity hockey shift was the best moment of your hockey life. But that's what 90% of people, hockey players, like, work to, to, to get to. You know what I mean? Like, we sure. can't all go Division One or even Division Three or pro. But, like, to, to have that moment was, uh, it was, it was really cool. And even just being told that you made the varsity hockey team, that right. was, uh, that was just an, an incredible experience for me. But then, obviously, there's all like the the post playing memories that I've made with spit and chicklets, which is, mm -hmm. you know, hanging with Wayne Gretzky and, you know, meeting Sidney Crosby and going out with Crosby and McKinnon. And there's so many cool chicklets memories, but in terms of hockey, I would just say, you know, playing with my best friends in Burlington on the varsity hockey team and, and, and experiencing my first shift. I think that was uh, probably my greatest hockey memory. That's awesome. Dude, you were Lake Placid too, though. Actually, yeah. Lake Placid oh, too. Yeah. I think playing Lake in Lake Placid as like a peewee uh, was, and I remember I scored a goal in the in the main rink on um, where the 1980 game was, and that was always that's just something that's always sat in my head as just like a a memorable hockey experience. That's awesome. So would this be time for uh, not a big deal or? When you're saying all that stuff, you like not, uh, a, not big deal, a big like, deal. Big deal. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, 
you were probably shitting yourself though hopping over your like hopping over the boards for that first shift right varsity like your heart's probably beating through your chest so you're thinking oh yeah just don't make an error don't get scored on check your man do it like it's all that right yeah i'm a pretty nervous person though too like i get i get nervous before I mean, I got nervous before I did this. Like, I get nervous before every podcast, every show. You should see me before we do live shows. I am like an absolute wreck. Why? Um, it's just, but it's like, it's it's nerves and it's excitement. So it's just finding ways to channel that, those nerves into excitement, if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you do well under pressure. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, we could say, <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> Oh, sure seems cool. that way anyway so yeah. you i wanted to ask uh you have a broadcasting slash journalism background how did yeah. you kind of realize that you know i kind of want to go independent with this and and kind of chart my own course in my life yeah that's that's a great question <laughs> so i think um when i was at a young age, uh, I, I realized that I wanted to work in sports. Um, mm. You know, I, I always wanted to be a pro hockey player. Once, once I realized at a pretty young age that that, that wasn't happening, I, um, I, I decided that writing about sports would, would mm. be the next best thing. And I, um, I really, really fell in love with writing. And that was my dream was to be, you know, a, a hockey or sports reporter. And, um, I went to Plymouth State uh, for lacrosse, actually. I, I went there to play mm -hmm. lacrosse. And when I went on my official visit, they sold me a bunch of crap about how like awesome their journalism department was. And, you know, if I wanted to be a sports writer, this is the school to go to. And it was just, uh, and I loved my time at Plymouth State. It was a great time, but it was just, they had one journalism class. They had journalism one and that's it. There was no media department. It was all like communication theory. It wasn't mm -hmm. really like, okay media communicate like communications media and journalism right. and all that so i realized at a young age that like i had to do this on my own so mm. just like right when i got into college i started doing internships um i i i was writing at a uh and and like to to, to backtrack my dad's best friend worked at espn um, oh, okay, he was he was chris berman's producer for sunday night football so growing up uh and I can't thank my dad enough for everything he's done for me, provided me such an amazing life. But I would see my dad go to work every day and he would be miserable. He would be so like, like, oh, another day. And he does, he does HVAC, which is heating and okay. air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. And so when I'd see him every single day, I'd sit right by the door and I'd watch him go to work. And at a, at a super, super, super young age, I remember being like, I don't want to do this. And I remember we actually had a class project and where your dad's supposed to come in or, or one of your parents is supposed to come in and show the whole class, like what they do for work. And part of that project, I remember I had to say like, oh, I want to do this when I'm older. And I didn't because I didn't want to do what my dad did. I didn't want to run the company that he runs. And so my dad, my dad's best friend works for ESPN. So there would be times where we'd go to a Red Sox game and we'd go on the field. Or we'd go to a Bruins game and we'd go in the locker room and I would be like, and he would be like, oh, this is work. This is his work. And I'd be like, well, I want to do this for work. This, <laughs> this, this is the coolest job in the world. So, um, yeah. So as, as, as I, uh, progressed and as I, as I got into college, I started doing internships and my first was at dirty water media where I would, uh, 
I would go around Boston and I'd write restaurant reviews and it would be me and one of my buddies and we would just get tanked. We'd just get at, <laughs> we were like 19, 20 years old. We'd get tanked in the North end. And I just like go to an Italian restaurant and like write a review of it. And that kind of parlayed into starting our own like sports webcast show. Um, that was like, that was streamed. So we were streaming a YouTube show basically. Okay. And that, uh, that led to basically an internship opportunity at ESPN, New Hampshire. Um, and it was funny on my internship. I, uh, I went in and I was dressed in a suit, like a complete dickhead and (laughs) everyone else was in, you know, t-shirt jeans, kind of just like chill, chill attire. And. I kind of at the same time was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I just did a, like every Friday night, I would do this, uh, this live stream sports show. Mm. And I was like, I can do live sports. I can be on air. I can do this as a job. And so after the internship, like meeting, like my first day, I went into the boss's office and was kind of just like, Hey, like I can be an intern and I'll do a great job for you and I'll kill it. But I've also noticed like you have terrible weekend programming. And like, if you give me a radio show on the weekend, I will like revamp this weekend programming and like, we'll make this into something special. And he was just like, you're done. Like we're in, you were sold. So all through college, I, uh, starting my junior year at 9am every Sunday morning, I would go, I drive like an hour and a half to Nashua, New Hampshire from Plymouth. And I would do, uh, I would do a radio show, which was tough. Cause you know, Plymouth, you'd stay up all night partying and then it's 9am got to drive an hour and a half. It was, uh, it was tough, but I, I did that for a couple of years. And after, uh, after college, they, they came in one day on a Sunday and they were like, Mike, can we talk to you? And I'm like, sure, sure. And they're like, Hey, like, you know, we know that you're coming up on, you know, college graduation. Um, you know, we've heard through the grapevine that you can build websites. Um, if you are willing to build our website and run our digital content department, we'll give you a full-time job. And, and then I also parlayed that I said, I'll do that. If you can, if you give me an everyday radio show from Monday through Friday, starting at 6 PM. And I'll lead you into Bruins coverage. I'll lead you into Red Sox coverage. And uh, they said yes. But the only problem was I had never built a website. I don't know where they had heard that from. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. So the first thing I did was went home and Googled how to how to build a website. But long story short, I'm kind of rambling here. You asked if I had a no, broadcast background. Oh, that's um, awesome. No, that's- Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started. And then that parlayed into spit and chiclets, basically. But... Yeah, it was a crazy run, but long story short, I, I I learned it all myself. Like I never really was taught this in school. I was I did so many internships at you know NBC Boston, Channel Seven Boston, um, you know ESPN New Hampshire. Like I did all these different internships to just learn, and I was always asking questions. I was always emailing like random people and asking for questions and for help, and mm-hmm. that kind of got me where I am now. I love it, dude. But okay, so how now, how did you end up getting mixed up with like RA and wit? Like, how did you, like, I know there's a little bit of a yeah. kind of, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, so, so what happened was it was kind of crazy. So I was, I, I was cool with doing the job I had at ESPN New Hampshire for the rest of my life. 
I was. It was a small town radio. It was AM radio. Like it was, there wasn't a lot of pressure to, to, to produce, if you know what I mean. It was yeah, just, it was a thing. fun job. I got to go right. talk about sports every day. I got to write about sports every day. It was awesome. And then one day my boss, who I was really close with, uh, came into my office and was like, um, Hey, we're closing the radio station down in six months. You got to think of a new job. Wow. And this is at a time where I loved barstool sports. I, I was so obsessed with barstool sports. And even in college, like when I was in college, I would just send out like random first names at barstoolsports.com and just like send out my resume, hope someone would answer. And um, when, when my boss had told me that info, I kind of was like, all right, what I took a step back and I was like, what do I want to do? Like, where, where is the future of content going? What kind of content do I like consuming the most in all signs point of Barstool Sports? So I kind of put the foot on the gas pedal again uh, of trying to get a job there. Mm. And this was actually at a time where Spit and Chicklets just did episode one. So they, they just did episode one. I listened to it and they were using one microphone. They were like talking is like super close with each other. They didn't have social media. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't they didn't really know what they were doing. And I mean, they, they obviously had the chemistry mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. with an RA, but they didn't have someone like running point behind the scenes to produce the show. So I just emailed RA and said, I'll quit my job tomorrow. Um, you know, here's what I can do. I have all this equipment. Um, I'm available any day of the week. Um, and like I said, like, you don't have to pay me. I'll quit my job tomorrow. And RA just responded and said, you're hired. You start Thursday. Wow. And I've been with them ever since. It's been a, it's kind of been a crazy ride. I, that was almost seven years ago now. Dude, what you guys have built is nuts, man. Like you guys are like how I always kind of say is everybody, if they don't know you and they kind of be like, oh, well, who are they? I'm like, they're kind of, they're the NHL of like hockey radio shows pretty much is well, what I say. Like they are popular. the sports broadcast yeah, when it comes like, to like just just enjoyability too like fans like it it's not just that it provides information or awesome interviews or just mm -hmm. just the experience of it but it's it's fun to listen to and that's i think that's always been my biggest thing is i don't want us to be the nhl network i want us right. to be entertaining right like and and you made a good point there where we're not giving you information you didn't necessarily know before but we're mm -hmm. we're reacting to that information that's already out there to the world and we're putting our touch on it. And that's, I think that's, what's most important is like making sure that everything we do and everything we put out has that chiclets touch on it. And sometimes I, like, I feel there, there are times where I'm like, guys, we're, we're being too stat heavy. We're being too, you know, we're acting too much and, and there's nothing wrong with the NHL network. Mm -hmm. I think right. like the NHL network does a great job, but we we're different than them. You know, we're spitting chiclets. The, like we want to do our own thing. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride, man. See, we're essentially trying to do the same thing. Like, we're the only one in this area that we cover, like, only hockey. Like, there's some in this area, like, they do sports and they do this and they do that. But we're the only one that's, like, straight hockey. And it's once a week at least. Once in a while, we'll do two episodes a week if we have time. We'll do an interview and then, like, him and I shooting the shit and stuff like that which is is great and we like we get the views and everything but man just like you guys are just i don't know like mlb and like nba and all them like 
NHL, I don't know how the NHL is like last in those when it comes to like revenue and stuff like that. Like Connor McDavid should be making yeah. zillions of dollars. You know what I mean? And he Yeah, like, but he, the issue is is Connor McDavid plays at eleven PM Eastern time. Yeah, you're night. right. You know what I mean? Right. Half the country, half the continent's not even getting to see him play. I yeah. know that sucks. It's dude. limited exposure, and that that goes for just about when well, it comes to any sport, too. right? It's the exposure and the spectacle surrounding it. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and that's why, and that's something that we try to do is like we try, we want to grow the game as much as possible. You know what I mean? And we there are so many colorful personalities in the NHL that are afraid to show their personality, whether it's they just afraid of backlash, afraid of you know what could come of it, but we want to give players and it sounds kind of lame, but we want to give them like a safe space where they feel like they can come in and, and tell their stories and and not have to worry about, you know, the backlash and all that mumbo jumbo. That's us too. Same thing. We're more of a player show. Shall we say? Yeah. 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 Like player friendly, right? We're not coming in here to put anybody in the hot seat and ask them hard-hitting questions it's if you answer this like you're open to say whatever you want and respond and there won't be criticism so um but you guys now you when you guys tried to add in Viz nasty so when you guys tried to add him in at first he didn't come in at at first because he was still playing correct yeah yeah he was still uh finishing out his hockey career his nhl or ahl career before he joined he joined around episode 70 so we did about a year and a half without almost two years without biz Mm-hmm. okay but you guys like took off like it was like boom like rocket ship like yeah i think friends... what biz did most for us was introduced us to canada you know what yeah. i mean like biz mm-hmm. was such a followed person in canada he's like almost like the the big cat of canada you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah. and the second we added biz it was like we opened up ourselves to canada which was I, so, as a hockey podcast that's important yeah. i have mm-hmm. a funny story about biz so i have a friend that played in saginaw and he played defense for Saginaw when Biz was there. They played on the same, I don't know if they were the same pairing or whatever for a bit, but he's like, Biz would pass the puck to me so fucking hard. He's like, it would bounce off my stick. And then he's like, we'd be on the bench. And he's like, Biz would be pissed at me. He's like, I'm trying Shocker. to figure out. But he's like, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but he's like, dude, you're like slap shot passes at me. He's like, I'm trying to fucking knock these passes down and stuff. So funny. I was, I was honestly cracking up. So I, I just thought that was pretty funny because my friend, uh, Jamie, Clee played like four or five years there in Saginaw, and I think Biz was there for a couple years with him. But yeah, I'd love to meet Junior's Biz, like Biz in his junior days. That'd be such a, uh, I, I'd love to know what he was like. Oh, I bet you he was a complete animal. Oh, oh yeah, just the biggest beauty in the world. Oh yeah, <laughs> he. Uh, so when I was watching Windsor, there was they were in that old rink, right, that old barn. So mm. when Biz and them were in here playing, I'm pretty sure it was like Cam Jansen <laughs> was in Windsor and Josh Gratton was here in Windsor. That was when Windsor was like they were kind of, eh, but they were tough like tough 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 but yeah but biz and them i think i've heard biz say on the show that like people were scared to go on the ice in windsor oh yeah 100 percent. i think he's talked about that a bunch of times mm-hmm. it's crazy well they're definitely yeah when you look at the junior junior form of biz you can see what it fed into now eh Oh, he's just yeah. he's just like not to say he's a big kid but there's this personality right i, I love listening to him because he just 
he says whatever he wants and he says his mind there you need more people like that in sports like you guys got a good one in that and I, I know you know that but like when someone speaks their mind it's what the people want to hear right what i know really i've think. said this to biz a few times too and it's like I'm like, dude, you were a good hockey player, like compared to the average person, but mm -hmm. but you were meant to be an entertainer in oh, life. Like yeah. that was your calling. Like you were meant to be in front of the camera. Like hockey, hockey was great and it, and it gave you, you know, probably you, you met a lot of people, you made a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, Paul Bissonette is one of the most entertaining people on planet Earth. So yeah. I think uh yeah, I, that's his true calling. Yeah. And yeah, he's definitely. so fucking good on the freaking broadcast like with freaking you know you guys not only on chicklets but like on with tnt and all that oh, like yeah, i love that group it. they have on fucking tnt man because they're real they're not like some some of the other ones it's like a dial tone watching them man like yeah yeah tnt's done an amazing job this year just uh it's they've they really let biz you know do his thing and it's funny because I know watching a segment when I'm like, and I'll be sitting there with my girlfriend watching and I'm like, Oh, this is a biz segment. Biz thought of this a hundred percent. Like you mm -hmm. just know. And it's, it's, it's good when TV networks allow the personalities to put them to, to give their ideas. And I think, you know, this is something that Eric and Ardini says all the time. Like the best part about Barstool is that the creators are make like deciding what, the content is there's no producer in your ear saying say this say that say this it has to be said like this it's it's you know whatever biz or, or wit or ra wants to say mm, they say I love, I love that tristan you had to ask him something about portnoy didn't you didn't you have something about oh portnoy? yeah just well what, what's it like knowing dave and just dealing with him it's it's awesome man i like dave it's it's just so crazy for me because, like I said, I grew up in Boston, grew up a diehard Barstool sports fan. So, like, yeah, Dave's still one of those guys, like, when you see him in the office, you're kind of like, oh, shit, like, there's Dave Portnoy. Even yeah. though I've known him now six, seven years, it's mm -hmm. you're still kind of like, whoa, hold, like, this guy is, this guy's bigger than life. And he's, uh... You know, it's been great to like learn from him, watch from afar. I don't personally, like, we don't inter, like, he's not in the office. Uh, he lives down in Miami, so we don't get to interact that much. We don't do a ton of content together, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's been really cool just to like learn from Dave, watch from afar, and uh, yeah, just just like learn. Dude, how can you guys sit there and watch him and Wit fucking like scream at each other? Like it gives me anxiety some, and I'm sitting here at home watching them. You know what I mean? But I mean, they go at it. As a producer, it's like music to my ears, though, well, because yeah, I know I when they're doing that, I'm like, this is going to get so many views. Like yeah, half the content. time, like it's us stirring the pot where I'm like, hey, like, wait, Dave just said this about you. And he's like, fucking what? What did he say? And he like, runs <laughs> over him, starts screaming at him or vice versa. You're like, hey, Dave, what's like running his mouth down there? And when, and then he goes out. So it's just like and that's kind of what being a producer is, is like, you know, putting people in the right places to be funny. And anytime Wit and Dave get together, you know, comedy will ensue. Those two on the golf course were like screaming oh. at each other was complete. So, chaos. Funny. so funny. I love it. So I also want to ask you, uh, you were talking about your favorite experience when you were younger with hockey. So now that you've brought yourself into the hockey world, being able to meet all these these pros, uh, from across the world what's your favorite interview um my favorite interview i think was Sidney crosby mm -hmm. 
uh, just because, you know, being a Bruins fan my whole life, you know, you grow up and I didn't like Sidney Crosby. You know what I mean? Like right. I hated yeah. the guy. I know the feeling. And, yeah. So <laughs> I think it was, you know, he, he brought us up to Halifax, showed us his hometown, you know, showed us where he likes to go out, where he brought us out to dinner. And it was just, it was a really cool experience just because while we're at dinner, I love telling this story. It's like, you know how sometimes like you're at dinner and like, you know, all the big dogs are down one end of the table. Like that's where the conversation is. The other end can kind of be quiet. And that's how it was when we were at this dinner. It's biz wit. Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby down one end of the table. They're all yucking it up. And then it's, you know, me, Pasha, RA, you know, maybe another camera guy down the other end. But I was sitting next to Sid and halfway through the dinner, he looks at me and he's like, he just kind of turns his body, like ignores the other guys down the other table. And he's like, Mike, so tell me about yourself. Like, how did you get, how did you get into barstool? When did you start working with these guys? You know, do you like the position? And I'm like, what? Like, why do you care? Like it's awesome. It was, and it, it was just, it was a really cool moment. And um, yeah, and then we, we got to go to the bar after with him and McKinnon and it, it, it was just like overall as an experience, like it was, it was really, really cool just to see Halifax, meet Sid, see where he goes out. He just to see how personable of a guy he was. It was, uh, it was, it was really cool. And it was really special. That's well, that's awesome because it, that also speaks to the gap that you guys are bridging by doing this whole podcasting bet and everything you do because what's involved with it is you're showing that these are just people just like you and me and they care about you just as much as we do right so it's it's you're establishing a more community effect than wow they're up here on a pedestal and we can never touch them and you're bringing it down to earth where people yeah, can readily they're real humans earth. just like you just said exactly you hit the nail on the head it's like these people are just like you and me mm. But that also had to be one of those times where it was like, holy shit, we've made it. Like, you look around that table, right? It's like oh, Nathan man. McKinnon and Sidney Crosby, and you guys are sitting there. It's like, oh. See, that wasn't really like a holy shit, we made it moment. Because, like, at the time, like, we weren't as big, like, as we are. And it was kind of just like, all right, hey, we got to do this. Like, we have yeah. to do this to get to where we want to be. It was, like, the we made it moment was... I think when we were sitting, when I was sitting in Gretzky's hotel room, like drinking oh, yeah. beers with him, like shooting True, the shit yeah. like that, that was, that was like a, we made it style moment. But yeah, the, the Sid thing, it was so early in the process and we were still learning and trying to figure everything out. And yeah, that, it, it was just, it was such a crazy time. I can't believe how close Wayne was to being a Red Wing. I know. I know. It's so Isn't crazy. Fucking nuts. Thanks, that Walter. Is. Rest yeah. in peace, Walter. But you, he mushed us. <laughs> I know. I know. Imagine he would have been on that team, though. Imagine them in 02. Yeah, but it's not like the Red Wings didn't like... have a great 20, 20, 30 years the past 25 years. You know what I mean? Exactly. I and what they would have been given up. What what they would have been given up the other way, though. You look at that, too, and that that drastically affects their future still. So, I, yeah. But, but it's uh, if you want. Still 99. If, if, and if you want, I we could start talking about some of the hockey moves that are happening. Yeah, go ahead, right man. Fire now. away. Geez, here so he loves it's, that uh, shit. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear Mike's thoughts on what what your favorite move a team has made so far this summer, and your least favorite move. I, 
my favorite move. There wasn't a ton of big moves. I'd say this off like this this free agency. Right. I do I do love um, everything Stevie Y did. You know, bringing in Comfer. I feel like people don't talk about him enough. I think he's right. a stud. Um, I think to bring it as well. Like you know, being able to to give Larkin a guy like that, I think is gonna. I don't want to say transform Larkin's game, but it's it's going to be great to see that Larkin has this goal scoring winger like a Debrinket exactly. that can put up forty five, even maybe fifty goals in a season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I really like what the Red Wings did. Uh, my least favorite, no question, Tyler Bertuzzi to the Leafs. Um, that one, that one fucking hurt, man. That, Me too. I I mean, especially because you know they. I was I love Taylor Hall, so like when they yeah. traded Taylor Taylor Hall, I was like, all right, well we're we're signing Bertuzzi, like. No question, the bees are going to get Bertuzzi, and yeah. then, and then, of all teams, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, like, are you fucking kidding me? So that that one that one was tough for me, but yeah. So I'd say the everything the Red Wings did would be my favorite, and my least favorite would be what the what the Leafs did with Bertuzzi. Are you just sucking up, G? Because we're Wings fans, or are you just? <laughs> It's recency bias, I think, because we were talking about it before I came on the show, and now it's just I got the the wings in my head. Yeah, I would trust I'm not. Man. I'm not too happy wings. about Justin Hole, but we'll we'll see. He was kind of in. He's in the spotlight, right, in Toronto. Yeah, so he gets a lot like of pressure, and so we'll Tor- see. Toronto makes these guys out to be like the worst defenseman on planet Earth. Like Justin Hall, three years ago, we were talking about him being like the guy who can shut down McDavid. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not fully out on Justin Hall just yet, and I don't know. I I I believe in the the Yeiser plan. Me too. Yeah. Let's go. Just uh, like Mac think... always says, right? Eyes are playing nineteen nineteen. That's what he calls yep. it. Exactly. But I also want to ask, do you think uh I know it's kind of there hasn't been much coverage on it, but do you think that one of or possibly both Krejci and Bergeron will be back next year? Because I know I you're think Bergeron comes back and Krejci doesn't. Okay. Yeah, that's that's I don't have any inside information. I just right. I think uh I don't think Bergeron can go out go out like that and right it sounds like Krejci if he did come back it wouldn't be till like after December right there's rumors that he wants to go play in the check for another year mm. we'll see what happens but I think Bergeron comes back and uh and Krejci doesn't okay Ooh. and yeah, I'm not too worried I'll be honest like I'm I'm not too worried if, if Bergeron Zaka and Coil are their one two three centers I'm not worried yeah. at all yeah, I'll take true. it and man Charlie's been Coil's been there a long time Guy's a dog. Like he mm, puts in the sure. minutes. He's a good penalty killer. And he scores some big goals too. Like my yeah, guy he's always, always he always comes to play in the playoffs. Like always. Johnny on the spot. Yep. All the time. Hey, what do you think about Big Luch coming back? Love it. Love it. That's gonna add a little grit to the lineup, eh? Yeah, I think that's something they've lacked for the past few years. Is like just they need a bully out there. Like someone mm-hmm. that like you know, can let Pasternak and let the skill guys play as free as they want where, you know, if, and like, ugh, I mean, it sucks now. Like if they brought in Lucic and Bertuzzi, that mm. would have been the perfect, perfect play because then Bertuzzi doesn't have to answer the bell. Bertuzzi can just go out there, be a pest, but he can score. He can focus on offense and he doesn't have to be the guy that's, you know, inevitably fighting when someone takes off Pasternak's head. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, I love Lucic, but I wish, as you can see, I wish they brought Bertuzzi back. Oh, yeah. I wish I, he was back with the wings. No, oh, I, yeah, you guys know. Yeah, you I, you know. 
I will say, you know what? As much as I like Bertuzzi, uh, it it sadly seemed like he didn't really want to be here. He didn't like the rebuild process because it, it was said. Eisenman even said it in his postseason press conference. Like, I talked to his agent twice. There was nothing happening there, and we this was the year we had to ship him out. And I'm I'm still surprised that he didn't take an offer from Boston to stay there. That's crazy. And yeah, I, it is, I'm not trying wild. to rub it in here, but no, <laughs> it's it's saying. wild. But we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens next year. It's only a one year deal, and mm-hmm. I mean, you saw a ton of guys sign one year deals just so because everyone knows the cap's going up. All yep. long term deals will be signed next season. At the same time, like it's a really good free agency class next year, so mm-hmm. you're gonna kind of take a back seat to the guys like William Nylander, Sebastian Ajo, those type of guys. Yeah. Do you think Definitely. Willie's uh, Willie's will end up being dealt soon? Yeah, I do. Where do you think he's? Where do you think would be a good landing spot for him? I don't know. I really like it all. Like they need to get a good return. And I saw I was doing a TikTok live the other day, and someone was like, "What about like a Hellebuck for Nylander trade? Like they both want they both want to get dealt. Like the money seems pretty even, but then then you realize like." Toronto's eight mil over the cap right now. So mm-hmm. they have to get rid of money without bringing any money in. Mm-hmm. So that's likely going to be, you know, pro- if you get rid of Nylander, I feel like it's likely going to be for like high end prospects and draft picks because mm-hmm. they can't take on any more money right now. So I, I could see him. I mean, does he have a no trade? Ooh, that I don't know. So uh, if he doesn't know. have a no trade, I could see him going. I would assume he probably does. You would think, no. right? Like a limited no trade, like whatever they do, like the half the league 16 team thing. But yeah, let's look it up right now. I don't like, but it. if I love it, G, you're on it. Open, kid. I could see, <laughs> and if it's open, I could see Anaheim. Yeah. Oh, I'd Anaheim like would see. be a great spot. Oh, yeah. Limit. He's got a no, no trade clause okay. coming Fuller, up this year. Because the... he's in the last year of his deal, right? Coming into right. the last year. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I, the other thing too is Toronto's got to get Matthew signed. Like what? The yeah, he's going he's not going anywhere though. No, but I, what, I would put my life on it. I. What, I what do you think he's going to end up making in the run? Like what? Would like you thirteen give five. I think so. Someone said he's like, oh, he wants like sixteen. I'm like, how the fuck are they going to give him sixteen? They have a dollar eighty three in fucking cap room. Like, how are they? Yeah, that that sixteen would be if he if he wants if he gets sixteen, then it's like he doesn't want to win. You can't win getting yeah. paid that much. No. I think you, what you'll see though from Matthews is like a three year deal or four year like, deal. I don't think he's like going to sign deal? anything long term. Just because he's a smart man, like he knows the cap's going to go up again, and then he can sign before he's thirty. He can sign a big long term uh, ticket, like max That's deal smart. type deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Eight by whatever and go with it. But uh, I also want to ask. Yeah, exactly. I also want to ask, uh, what do you think the standings will be for the Atlantic next year? You're buzzing. It's going to be a toss up. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it it really is a toss up. It's, I mean, I think Toronto, I think Toronto wins the division. Um, And I think Tampa is a giant question mark because, like, Tampa is still Tampa. They still have Braden Point, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky, Stamkos. Like, they still have this roster, but they're, they played a lot of hockey over the past few years. And you saw that in the playoffs this season. Um, so yeah, it's. I would say, 
I would say Toronto, Tampa. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty high on Buffalo boys. Like I yeah, I, I love I love what Buffalo is doing. I agree. I love what they're building. I think they're young. They're fast. They're hungry. The fans want want to win. Mm-hmm. Ownership wants to win right now. So I really like what Buffalo is doing, and I love what Detroit's doing too. And I'm not just kissing ass here, but <laughs> and, and, and it sucks. I love what Ottawa is doing as well. It's like there's so many mm-hmm. good teams here in the Atlantic that. There's just like not enough space for all of them because the mm-hmm. Metro, the Metro is sick too. I mean, I yeah. think the New Jersey Devils are going to be the best team in the NHL this year. I mean, they They're are insane. stacked. They are so stacked and they got to fully for free, basically. Like Exactly. It's mm-hmm. like, so yeah, the Devils, um, I mean, that, now I'm getting in the Metro, but yeah, That's I think, uh, I think the Atlantic will be, I, I bet it goes Toronto, Tampa, Boston and then I bet Buffalo and Detroit both get wild cards. You think they're in next year? Yeah, Over I, th- Ottawa. I think they get in. A lot of people are having those three. They're gonna be the three that kind of takes over the juggernaut of Boston, Toronto, Tampa that's been for the past ten years. So we'll yeah. see though, because it's tough because it's like it's all just talk right now. Like they gotta go yep. out there and do it. You know what I mean? They have yep. all these prospects, both of them. All three, mm-hmm. all three of the teams, like they all they all have the potential. It's just like right. you got to go out there and execute. Because we're at the results. point now where it's like, how many more years can we say like they're right there? They're on the the cusp of the yeah. playoffs. It's like, all right, like shit or get off the pot here, boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But the only thing is though, too, is Ottawa just got rid of a big piece going to the Red Wings too. And I yeah. thought Eiserman stole that trade. To be honest with you, no. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, like everybody's like, it, but like I'm Drew, like and, Drew, right? So my I'm brother just saying, does right. all of our audio, video stuff like that, right? So he does all that stuff for us. He's he's a Ottawa guy. So when this trade went through, he was like, "He ain't gonna do shit." We're like, "What are you talking about?" We're like he's like he didn't he didn't do anything in Ottawa. We're like he didn't want to be there. We're like you know, like we could just he played but, second line with Shane Pinto as his center, like. What do you expect them Who to the do? Fucking Shane Pinto. No exactly. Offense, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you put if you put a guy in a city where he wants to play there, you put him with a center like Dylan Larkin. I mean, that that changes everything. Mm-hmm. We saw what we saw what what DeBrinket can do, like when he's playing with good people. And like I saw, I think Carlo Koliakovo uh, tweeted out the other day, but it was a side by side comparison of William Nylander's stats and Alex DeBrinket's stats. And it was like one of these guys just got paid, you know, a little over seven mil. And one of them's asking for 10 mil. Who would you rather have? And it's like, whoa, I would like, I would, when you look at the numbers, it's like, I I would rather to bring it at seven, three, five, as opposed to Nylander at 10. Exactly. Sure. And, and it's because of the exposure and the market he's coming from. He's going to get that from somebody. Yep. 100%. 100%. And, and then whatever, six years into that deal, because if he goes max term, we'll see. Like you said, a lot of guys do one-year deals, but that carries him to unrestricted, so who knows. But then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, no, when you're in year six of that deal and you're paying 10 mil to a guy with a trade clause, and it's like, yikes. It get Like Bo Horvat, that's an ugly contract for or the like Islanders. Or like Jeff Skinner in Buffalo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just you're locked into that. And then all of a sudden your hands are tied because of one contract. And that's just the unfortunate part of it with the cap is you get, well, when you're with Toronto, you get four contracts to tie your hands up, but 
any other team, there's always that one contract you look at and you're like, yeesh. Yeah, it's like, and I just, I, it all, it all goes back to Tavares. Like, if they never sign that, uh, that contract with John Tavares, like they, they can pay all these guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They can, they don't have to trade away these guys just to make it fucking work, which is, yeah. it's sad. And that goes like, I wish, I wish the NHL had a a soft cap. Like like the NFL right. or or even like the NBA where like you can weasel your way around it, but it's such a it's just I I, I hate how the cap is the, everything with the CBA it's it's a joke. But oh, I just pulled up cap friendly. They have they're paying Tavares for two more years at eleven mil. That My is brutal. God. Oh, how old is he now, G? He is thirty two years old. Okay, Yikes. so he's not crazy old, but he's no, on the back nine. Still. He's on the back. Yeah. Nine. That's wow. uh wow. Kyle Dubas got a little horny when he signed that contract, would you say? Oh yeah. I oh, think yeah. that I, was that not that was his first large deal, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. And speaking of Kyle Dubas, are you guys seeing the rumors of uh, Eric Carlson potentially going to Pittsburgh? That makes that. zero sense to me. No. I don't know what you guys <laughs> think, but like they have Eric. Chris Latang, like they have a puck moving defenseman. Like, why would you bring in you don't need an Eric Carlson? No. No. Am I wrong let's, to say that? No. No, no, you're you're 100% right. And let's look at this through face value. What do they have to give up? They have zero prospect pool. They've they got picks nothing. from the future already gone. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're they're this team that they're going to get into a situation where they're going to become the Detroit of the late 2010s, where yep. it's mediocrity and just mm-hmm. making the playoffs and first round. They haven't been out of the first round in the past, what, three, four years now? Yeah, I, so, this, I, I don't know, like, what the hell they're doing in Pittsburgh. And, like, I think it sucks to say, but, like, I think it's it's getting to the point where it's time to sell. It's time to be yep. sellers. Like, you can do a sell on the fly type thing where you don't have to be, come in last place and be a, a lottery team, but you can mm-hmm. sell and start start the transition of trading some of these guys away and getting some more draft picks and building the prospect pool. And just like looking towards the future instead of like win right now. And I know you have Crosby's on the back nine, Malkin back nine, the Tang back nine, but you just this rot that roster sucks and something needs to change. Mm-hmm. A team, you know what? A team that is the perfect blueprint for that kind of rebuild on the fly. You look at Dallas, the stars, they missed the playoffs for like one year. Then all of a sudden, right, they build up this prospect pool with great drafting, which Jim Nill runs a good operation there. Like Logan Stankovan should have never gone in the second round. That's a travesty. The guy's going to be a star, but it, no pun intended. But uh, they got a look, lot. They have a super bright future. I mean, oh, Robertson, Hiskinen, Ottinger. It's like they. Wyatt Johnson. Yep. Windsor boy. Shout out. Gee, you hit mute again. My bad. Sorry. I keep touching my mic. Dash two, G. Dash two for the kid. Yeah. I mean, they are, they are just absolutely loaded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, we got to watch Wyatt here in Windsor. How long was he here in Windsor for? He was, uh, uh, well, two years, but the COVID year, uh, knocked it out. Yeah. His draft year, he didn't play. So I'm surprised Dallas took him first round, but they knew what he had. His I feel like that's why he like flies so under the radar is because like there was never hype about him. He sat mm-hmm. out his junior year. Like there just like wasn't not a lot of people know about him. He's playing in Dallas too. You know what I mean? That's crazy too. Uh, man, he did so good. He's so sick. He's and you know what? I don't wanna I don't wanna be that guy, but like oh 
Well, you talk about players that can translate from junior to pro level. I don't know about Shane Wright, man. I don't Dude, know about. So I'm texting with my buddy, and I'm gonna put him on blast here. Uh oh. Texting with my good friend Andrew Fadik, who he's uh part of Loud Luxury. He's one of the DJs Loud okay. Luxury. He is a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So we, I give him shit every chance I get about the Leafs. He gives yeah. me shit any chance he can. But we're talking about the Nylander situation and what's gonna happen with Nylander, and he goes. Yeah, like maybe they trade him for Shane Wright. And I'm like, whoa, dude, I don't know. Like, dude, Nylander put up 40 last year. Shane Wright was like a healthy scratch in Coachella. Like, yeah. I don't know if you're making that that move. Like, yeah. that that is not a smart move to me. I'm not sold on Shane Wright either. Um, but I did talk. I was talking to some people down at the draft that, you know, some kids that played with him that are fully convinced that, you know, he'll get back to where he should be and mm. – all this different stuff, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about Shane Wright, man. I, 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 I hope he can figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's a good, he's a great kid. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about the kid off the ice, but right. I don't know if I'm trading William Nylander for for Shane Wright right Fuck now. No, did he ever stare down the Habs too on stage? There, right? yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I was, I was told that that yeah, was confirmed that he did that. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, speculation whether he did mm-hmm. or he didn't. I, I was told by a kid who said he, he he's good buddies with him that he 100% was staring down the Habs oh. because I guess Vinny LeCavalier called him that morning and was kind of walking him through what what the process is like to be, you know, a number one overall pick in Montreal, you know, expectations, you know, what he, what he should how he should feel, what he should be thinking and all these different things. So I guess in his mind, he's like, I'm going number one. And, oh, and then that man. happened. So That's that was awesome. Definitely. That was great entertainment. Fucking That's right. gotta be gut wrenching. Well, you saw the, they did a, the spot on him, right? Where he's, he's with his dad and you could see his like face just drop and like pick three. I was convinced. I'm like, Oh, Arizona fell right into his lap. They go with Logan Cooley. I was like, man, like I, at first I was like, Oh, okay, I love well, Logan Cooley though. I think he's a stud. Oh, the guy was, he was insane this year in college. Yeah. It's, he's going to be a good player. Like Arizona, you know what? Under new management, they're quietly building a really good prospect pool. So, oh, yeah. And, and and just one more thing on Shane Wright. Like, I think Seattle was the perfect spot for him. Just mm-hmm. because, like, I don't think, like, their people were just so happy that they have a team, right? And, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, I don't think there was... There was expectations coming in, but I also think they were just so happy. They're like, oh, my God, we got Shane Wright. Like, he fell to us. Like, this is great. But, like, if he went to Montreal and didn't perform, then he's like, like, you don't want to be a bust first overall pick playing in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, so I think Maddie Beneers kind of saved him, too. Like, when Beneers came in and had just an unreal year, people are like, oh, my God, we have this young stud, and they kind of forgot about Shane Wright. Mm -hmm. But I I do think Seattle was the perfect landing spot Mm -hmm. for him. I think when he was playing here, because Windsor made a big deal for him in the OHL last year, like huge trade. So then they ended up bringing him in and everything. And then I think he spent some time on the injured list too. I believe he had like a, a bit of ankle or something like that. Yeah. That was bad. He was in and out a lot. He put up a lot. Of, I think he had 40 points in like 20 games or something. So he did well, but like that was also a stacked team. Yeah. Yeah. I and I- it was. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect for him, though, to go down and play and get some minutes. And, like, that's that's what you need. He needs to be a mm. stud and show that he can play 
and, and, and get his confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. And confidence is a big part of who he is too. So if he loses that, it's, it, it's a tough goal. Like you said, you can't be a bust in a situation like Montreal, uh, let alone, yeah, a good market like Seattle where they, they really appreciate any players they have. Right. You can tell that they got a really good fan base. Like, Oh yeah. They're building awesome. something nice there too. I like, I like what Seattle's building. Sick barn too. They're good. Dude, I'm excited to go. That, they got, uh, What's his name? They're off waivers this year. Eli Tolvanen. Guy went How about on that? Nashville gave him. up on him pretty quickly, huh? He's insane. Yeah. Guy went on a tear. Yeah. Well, don't give up on players. Who knows? The Wings just gave up on, well, he kind of gave up on Detroit, but Zadina contract termination we'll see how he does uh i was gonna ask you guys about him because i was uh i wanted the bees to sign him i'm like you know what like we have zaka we have posternock you know the czech connection Krejci, you know is lifelong or brewing like i i I was all in on on bringing zadina in especially on the money that he got from san jose i would love if boston made that deal what do you guys think of him do you think it was like a bad placement in san jose or i mean in detroit or do you think it's you know, an issue with the player. So, uh, I'll, I'll take the helm on this one at just oh, because yeah. Go I, ahead, buddy. <laughs> I did, so when Zadina got drafted, that was like the year I really started getting into the draft and looking at prospect profiles and players and just the wings as a whole, cause they were mid rebuild, you know, they were tanking actively. Uh, and you know what? Zadina was ranked top three in about 90% of the central scouting at that point when he fell i was like holy smokes like we're gonna get 45 goal score guaranteed with good two-way game and it just seemed he came into the worst possible situation a manager who didn't know how to manage his team no offense to ken holland but at that point it was like meh. It was pretty bad. Like we had just an applicator on a pretty rough deal, but, and uh, you just look at, well, it's true. Like he didn't know, like he started, it was like, they didn't know what to do with him. Oh, let's throw him in the NHL. Okay. Whatever. He doesn't put up any points in nine games. That's fine. He just came from Halifax juniors. He, you know, he's a Czech player, came North America, played junior. And then you watch him. He goes down to the AHL, does really good. Goes on a tear his first pro year. Okay. That's a good sign. And then he gets called back up that year. And that was that was the year that ended up becoming, I think, shortened by COVID. And he did well. He was over half a point a game. 28 games played. I think he had eight goals, seven assists. Okay, good. This kid, you know, maybe has something to show next year in his first full season. And he suffered an injury at that point. And after that, you could really see he got in his own head a lot. He's a great, great player when it comes to transition play. You know, center ice, he's great. He takes the puck. Great at entering the zone. Uh, he can drive play pretty well. He's not the fat. He's not a burner, but he's mm-hmm. good at stick handling and his ability and tight along the half wall and stuff. But one, as soon as he gets to the slot, it's like he just goes brain dead. And he just, he shoots the puck off the into the goalie's crest and the goalie just swallows it up. And it's like, what are you doing? Where was that shot? Yeah. And juniors picking the corner. And it was just, his style of play is he's like a, they call it a perimeter player where you're stuck along the outside and he's a, he's a shooter from the power play. He had a good one timer. That's what he was touted as. And 
ultimately he can still i believe in zadina i i always wanted to because i was like oh that's a sick name what a name zadina like (laughs) i want to watch this kid become like a legend i i had his i have a shirt with his number on it i still i'll keep it just out of uh sentimentalism Mm -hmm. but you know what i still believe in zadina becoming like an eli tolvin and i think he could become a 50 point player 25 goals 25 assists on a third second line but ultimately right now it's up to him to do that you know relearn his game become that player he wanted to be because blashell the coach in detroit at the time really made him a, a defensive forward and kind of made a offensive that line. ain't him that ain't him at all and yeah I, I that's why i think san jose is a great spot for him because he's gonna get he's gonna get time he's gonna get power play minutes like he'll mm-hmm. he'll get he'll be able to be the zadina he was at least he'll get that opportunity to be that yeah. that player that he once was and yeah so i'm excited to see that I should have listened to you when we went to the game the one time, Tristan. So we went to the Wings game. Oh, we have one of our freaking sponsors, um, Tony's Joint Weed Shop. But anyways, they nice. um, they so they have they have six seats. So they're like LCA penalty box side, and it's literally like twenty rows up, right at center ice. All free food, booze, everything. Right, so. He gives us a set of seats. We go to the game. It was against the Flames, I believe. Yeah. And we went there, and Tristan was saying to me, he goes, he goes, Z's going to score tonight. <laughs> right? So I'm like, and I was thinking about, I'm like, I should put some money on it on DraftKings or something. Right? Parcel Sportsbook. Yeah, yeah, or that. I didn't. What happens? Z scores a fucking winner that night. Oh, <laughs> oh dude. Dude, it fucking pissed me off. It's my good luck charm though. Yeah, Zadina, like, oh, every oh. he doesn't score often. But it was every a two to one game gone game to in the past two years. Every game I've gone to in the past two years, Zadina has scored. So I just told Ann, I'm like, Ann, he's gonna do it again. First ride night the way, the baby, lineup. ride the way. I know. Yes, EBR, sir. man. I should have listened, but I I should have listened. By the way, speaking of that, EBR, like I need to talk to Merles because he is dialed when it comes to this like hockey betting right so mm. i th- like this guy here is like hockey google obviously you could tell right so but like i once in a while i'll say to him so we have what we call pools right so it's you pick all the hockey games for that night and it's just straight up win lots mm. but you but for only five bucks you could win like thousands of dollars okay oh, wow. so i had a friend who played it side quick little like side story i had a friend who played it he did the nfl he hit it perfect sheet him and eight other guys got 87 grand each what each each they each each got that so if he if he if he would have won it by himself he would have he would have won over like 750k if he would have won oh my god so but anyway so that's crazy i say to him the one the one night i'm like hey tristan Send me the picks for the N- or the freaking NHL schedule. It was a Saturday night pack schedule. I'm like, send it to me. He sends it to me. I think he missed like one. Oh, and Mur? it was Arizona beat no, Toronto. Him. And I'm like, are oh, you kidding? Oh, Justin missed one. There was like 13 games that day. I think he got 11 or 12 right. That's incredible, man. The game I, love, I love the parlays, though. Like, I'll fucking play part. Like, I'll once in a while go on to one of the apps there, one of the betting apps, and I'll bet, like, 14 games, and I'll throw 10, 15 bucks at it. And if it hits, it pays, like, four grand. Yeah. I See, I can't bet the parlays. I personally just like to bet, like, solo games just because there's no worse feeling than, like, getting to that last leg of the parlay and oh. then it misses. So, 
Yeah, I'm just a I'm a puck line Jesus type guy myself. Oh yeah, I hear you. I was I did a freaking college fucking basketball one one night. I know zero about basketball. Okay, <laughs> I picked G. I'm not I'm not even shitting you. Fifteen games. I I threw like two dollars on it. I paid like two grand. Okay, I get them all right. I'm down to the last game. Oh, and not only was it thing, it was point spread. Okay. So I hit every single, right. I hit every single one on the point spread. I was down to the last game they were covering. So I'm like, holy fuck. Like I'm going to pull this off. Right. Like $2. I'm going to win like two grand. What does one guy do? They needed to win by like seven. Let's say they were up by eight. What does one fucking asshole do? Oh no. All right. On the team that's losing. Throws up a fucking three quarter. Oh no. Fucking shot at the buzzer. Meaningless shot. Hits oh, it. That's a hits bad it. beat. I wanted to rip my flat screen off the wall and fucking <laughs> smash it on the floor. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's a tough beat right there. <laughs> oh. Had a few of those myself. What a what a turnaround though. It would have been two dollars. I would have got two grand. I know. That's that is brutal, man. Painful, <laughs> man. I was like trying not to scream. My kids are sleeping. My wife's sleeping. I was like, mother. The, the next morning, the silent was, scream. Can't wake oh. them up. I was like screaming into a pillow or something, like ah, fucking. <laughs> but yeah, but oh, it was just That's absolutely awesome. brutal, man. I was fucking so mad. Oh, it's hilarious. I, I do also want to ask G though, going back to the NHL, not to jump around too much hmm. here, but uh, cup winner pick. Oh, for next season. Yeah. You think Vegas can repeat? No. I don't just because I, I talked to a few of the guys and I don't think they're going to be skating too much this summer. Um, I would say, I think it's, uh, I think it's the Edmonton Oilers year. McGee. I, I think, I, I think the cup comes home to Canada and it's, uh, it's, it's the Oilers year. That'd be the first time since 93. It's come here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think McDavid is just, he's the best player in the world. Dry side is probably like the second best player in the world. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully they can figure it out. I, I just want to see a deep McDavid playoff run. But yeah, Oilers, Oilers right now are my pick. And Oilers Leafs Cup final would be fucking insane. Oh. I think there's a high possibility of that. But I uh, I like I like the Edmonton Oilers. I don't want to see some of those like fans in the like US like, oh fucking old fucking Canada Cup final. Like, you know how you I think know, people like, in the US would be pumped about it, to be honest so? with you. I really do. Think so? I think it would yeah, be I do. Good. I just think that like it's it's time for like Canada to get a cup. And I think once we see like I was in Edmonton for the Western Conference Finals, and like it's it's unlike anything. Like these Canadian cities, like it's it fully takes over. Like the games on Saturday, starting Thursday, it's just like a it's just a party in the city. It like oh. fully takes over the city. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. Uh, I just I, I I don't think it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be real tough for, for Edmonton to get taken down this year, I think. Mm-hmm. That's I like that pick. But you you talking about those parties in uh Canadian cities. You remember two thousand eleven, Vancouver out nuts oh. when they lost. You almost burned the city down. Holy I know smokes, that was a man. tough one. Mm-hmm. Great for me though. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Boston guy. <laughs> Great right? moment <laughs> for you. Yeah. Jeez, I, I love that. Good memories there. 
Yeah, oh, there was a wasn't there a crazy hit during that series too? It was like yeah, Aaron Rome on Nathan Horton. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, his, his arm so... was like sticking straight up. Remember that? That's how you he know you're out, out, out. His arm was That's up. That's how you know you're out, out when your arm. Oh yeah, straight I was at the game. That? It screwed oh, his you? career. Yeah. His career after that was like I felt bad for the poor guy. Like he what he what he he went to Tom Florida, him. had like a, a he got another concussion or something, and then the the Leafs signed him and he just kind of went away. IR retired or whatever. Like. I feel bad for the guy. That's yeah. He was never the he was same. A good really, player. he was a, he was a great player, player, man. Mm-hmm. You want to know who else made a lot of guys do that fucking straight arm stuff? Nicholas Cronwall. Oh yeah, Cronwall baby. Oh. That must have been fun for a bunch of years to watch him. Oh, he was. Uh, he was I was just every game you would just hear Mick or so, like someone on the call, Mickey Rev or something. You hear him look out, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it would just be oh, just crazy. He but he was one of those ones that like. I think he made it like an art to kind of hit like right on the edge. Like, you know oh, what I mean? Like it was an art to him, but oh, he, he, he'd get that he ass out at full that. speed. Oh, that like, you could see guys like chest just cave in. He like, wasn't oh. even a giant dude. He was like six foot one eighty five. He just knew how to hit. He's mm. only six foot. Pretty sure he was drafted wow. at one fifty five. You think he was 6'3", 215, oh, 220. But he throws that perfect timing hit, though. That, yeah, he does. Like, Backside. Like yeah, said, he throws his like, ass into him. It's a, like he, he, he hits somebody when the wings were still making deep runs. He hits somebody. Who was it? It was a big-name player. player. He, I, I forget who it was, but he hit somebody, and I don't think it was a suspension. Who was it? I don't know. I remember... Uh, Jordan Tutu nearly ending someone's life. Who was that? Someone on Florida. Booth. I think Booth got oh, sent yeah. to the shadow realm. He literally made him do a full spin <laughs> oh, against the wall. I loved him bad. in Detroit. I loved him in Detroit. Who? Oh, Tutu? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's guy a was, legend. I was mean. I was mean. Tutu in the World Juniors. Ooh. Oh, he's nasty. Man, those greatest hits, like watching through them, like, uh, Actually, crazy. The biggest hit I've I think I've watched. Uh, Funuf had a big one when he was playing for the Sens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember he threw one on someone from Calgary. Ernest sorry, when he was on Calgary. Yeah, he, he threw, hit someone yeah, from the yeah. Sens. Yeah, there was a big fight after that too. And then, oh, what's his name? Ah, uh, help me out here. Great big tall defenseman played on Edmonton. Sheldon Surrey. No, he does a commercial now. Uh, he was a skilled skilled D man. How tall he was. Ryan Whitney. For... <laughs> I was What's just that? about to say that. He took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, man. He hey, boys, real Saint... quick. I just got to take a piss real quick. Oh, go oh, ahead. Piss man. myself. Go ahead. I'll be back in 10 seconds. You're good. Yeah, so the guy that he was thinking of was Chris yes. Pronger. Chris Pronger. Oh, yeah. He absolutely destroys. Biggest hit I've ever seen, Dan Cleary on the wings. Oh, yeah, I remember He that. sends him into the board sideways, like six feet <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> It's when he crazy. was when he was in St. Louis too, remember during the playoffs there, Iserman with the on his knee. Oh, remember that play where Pronger went to hit Iserman and Iserman just stuck his ass out or something, and it just fucking. People forget, I think, how good Stevie Y was. Oh, my my. I'm sure you goal... guys don't because you're in Detroit, but I oh, feel I like a lot him. of people forget how. My wife, that's my wife's favorite man. That's her. That's her guy. <laughs> favorite favorite goal to watch. I could watch it over and over and get slap goosebumps shot. every time. Yep, slap shot yeah. <laughs> over the blue line. OT St. Louis one so nothing sick. double OT. Just like who even tries that? Nobody. 
such Those an iconic goal. Here's just comes trivia over the for line. you. Do you know who he stole the puck from? Gretzky. Yeah, there. Gee, you're on the fucking ball, buddy. I love Gretzky it. Gretzky had it, lost yeah. it. Yeah, Gretzky had awesome. it. Yeah, ticked off his stick and went straight to Steve Eiserman. Dude, the goalie was standing straight up. Oh, it it's awesome. Just wild, dude. It's wild to watch that and then watch hockey now and be like, this. This is the same sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, so but different. it's so much. It's a different form of entertainment, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you would know, especially just like watching almost every game. Like it's just guys like McDavid, like the mm. speed, right? The pace of play has changed so much. Like it used to be, like it's fun watching nineteen seventies games because it's guys getting blown up oh, and yeah. scored from the hash marks with the clapper. So, mm-hmm. so gee, what do you guys have? coming up like you guys have anything this summer you guys kind of taking some downtime now that the like season's over and stuff like that uh biz biz and wit will take some some time off here um but yeah other than that um no it's kind of just start preparing for next season um you know it's gonna be a crazy year next year um kind of working on the beer working on the vodka um film some sandbaggers this summer Fuck yeah. Um, but I yeah, for the most those. part, we're probably done traveling for a bit. We'll do some interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, not too much, not too much on the radar for this summer. You gotta tell Wit, Pink Whitney, mix it with the fucking blue freeze. Oh yeah, you messaged me that. Yeah, you yes. said it was sick. Mix it with the blue freeze, put it in a big cup, lots of ice, pink Whitney, Mike's hard blue freeze. Awesome. Tell oh, me. I'll do I'll go do it right after this. Try it, man. Trust trust me. Let me know what you think about it, and it will get you fucking wanged if you obviously obviously you know that, right? Because it's alcohol and alcohol. Let me tell you something too. Something kind of funny about this this here vodka. So um, by the way, everybody, go grab yourself a bottle. Good Drink stuff. Pink Whitney, baby. Pink Whitney. Um, so I got one of the worst hangovers of my life on Pink Whitney. So I was at my my friend's wedding. This is probably like a year or so ago. So I'm at my friend's wedding. And when we were doing shots, which I did about 7,000 of them throughout the night, I decided I'm like, all right, well, I was like thinking to myself, like if I'm going to do a lot of shots or whatever that night, I'm just going to, I'm going to stick to one kind of alcohol. I'm not going to be like a whiskey, a vodka, this or that, right? Mix everything in. So what do I start doing? Shots of Pink Whitney, shots of Pink Whitney, beers, 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 shots. I woke up the next morning and gee, I thought I was dying, but I must have drank probably almost a bottle myself. <laughs> That'll get you. That'll get you. <laughs> what I do it again? It's, yes. it's, I love taking shots right of it, though. It's, it's Me too. So easy. And we can't get those nips here. Oh, fuck. You can't. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you just got to rip straight shooters. The nips are the best. We're working on it, though. We're working on it. Might have to have you send me some, G. I might fucking, have to. Fucking birdie juice, man. I, this, this is my birdie juice on the course. I, I, f- I follow Uncle Wit. I do what Uncle Wit says. <laughs> Uncle Wit says this is birdie juice, so I drink it as birdie juice. I love that. <laughs> Gotta listen to Uncle Witty. <laughs> yep. I love it. So I, I just have uh, my final question for you is for the aspiring people out there who just want to, you know, trust themselves and go forward in whatever – career path they have but especially in broadcasting journaling journalism and stuff in that vein uh what are your tips for them just to be successful I was gonna ask that. You just you have to like f- love it 
you really, really have to love it. Cause like there were years where, I mean, I was working for free at the beginning for spit and chiclets. And before that, you know, when I was at ESPN and all these other different companies, I was making like minimum wage, you know, like money, but I didn't care. That was a thing. It was like, I, I was just so happy that I was doing something that I loved mm -hmm. and that money I got paid for it. And I think money is something that's not always going to come right away in this industry. But I think consistency is the main thing is, you know, the average podcast is six episodes. People give up after six episodes. You know what I mean? They're like, Sometimes. all right, we're not getting enough views. Let's just pivot. Let's try something else. This isn't working where, I mean, we didn't start getting views till episode 100. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. two and a half years into it. So I would, I would be consistent. And I just think you really just, you have to love it. You have to be passionate about it because it's a, it's, it's a lot. And like, like I'm, I'm not home on holidays. I'm, I don't, I'm not, I travel a lot. I'm on the, like in June, I think I was on the road 20 out of 30 days. Like I, every year for new years, we're on the road for Christmas. I'm usually on the road. Like, um, you have to re, but I love that. You know what I mean? It's I'm so happy to do that because I love what I do for a living. So I think my main, yeah, my main, my main point here is just you, you really got to be passionate. You really got to love it. And with that will come consistency and you just, just never give up. hundred mm -hmm. percent. Keep the passion going. Yeah. That's like us too. Like when we fired this up, like I fired this up, it was, we dropped our first episode. It was June 7th, 2020 was when we dropped our first episode. Well, now it's, it's July, 2023 I, boys. Keep I it know. rolling. Isn't it, yeah. isn't it crazy? Like, and it's crazy too. Cause we're just like a small town show and like, but to have some of the guests that we've had, like we've had Scotty Gomez, we've had Mac, we've had fucking Terry Ryan, who was like walked 7,000 <laughs> times around his house. I love TR. And, but we've had like just so many NHL guests and just what it evolves to and just guys giving back to the game. And it's like, it's almost like a snowball effect. Like there were something that if you just keep working at it and you keep working at it, you keep working at it. Then next thing you know, three years later, we're sitting here talking to one of the guys from the biggest hockey fucking shows in the world. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it all kind of just evolves. And I love doing this. We're almost we're like pretty close to the stage where we're going to, we're going to start getting paid to do this. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's a goal. And yeah, that's the goal. Of course. Right. If I could do this as a job, fucking right. I'd be, I wouldn't be building minivans anymore. I'll tell you that. You know what I'm saying? So but like, I feel that. Yeah. But like, I, we love doing this and we work a lot with our like local teams in this area, work a lot with our local like junior teams and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So but it's been fun, man. Like we kind of do what you guys do just on a much smaller scale, shall I say, but yeah. it's, honestly, I love it. And that, and, and again, like, like I said, that's, that's all you need is, is as long as you love it and you're passionate about it, then everything else will fall into place. I'm not one who is like, Oh, everything happens for a reason, but I do believe if you work your ass off, good things will come. It's kind of mm -hmm. what I've always said. And a quote I live by is if it was easy, everyone would do it. So like, I, I always equate that to like when I'm traveling so much and I'm tired and I'm down and I'm like depressed over just like, you know, not seeing my family and friends. And the thing, the quote that always sits in my head is if it was easy, everyone would do it. If it was easy, everyone would be the producer of the biggest hockey podcast in the world, but it's tough. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a grind and I love it and I'm passionate about it. And 
there's nothing in the world I'd rather do. I love it. Tris, awesome. do you have anything else for him or, or are you good uh, to go? Oh, I actually did want to want I did want to ask a question. Who came up with the the logo for Spit and RA, Chips? it's actually crazy, man. RA drew it on a napkin like year like seven, eight years ago. He drew it on a napkin, sent it over to like a designer who was like I don't even think they were they were like freelancing with Barstool or something, and they drew it up, sent it over, and we have that iconic logo now. That's awesome. When you see the napkin that RA drew it on, we put it on a t-shirt a couple of years ago. It's it's wild, man. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, my last one, which I forgot to mention, Chicklets Game Notes. How did all game that come notes. Who honestly, and I'm not even being a smart like who was the fucking genius idea to bring these guys in with you guys full time? Because Arm Dog and Merle's like are fucking a great addition to your team. It was kind of like a group decision. It was it was actually really organic how it happened. I know. When um, we were doing a live stream for last season's playoffs, not this past season, the season before, and uh, Army was in New York because he was like broadcasting the Penguins game the next night. And we're like, hey, we're doing a live stream at uh, at the Hoboken House in Jersey. You should come over. And we kidnapped him and we went over <laughs> there. And after the live show, we we sat at a bar and, and him and I talked for hours about what he's doing with his career, you know, like the moves he wants to make, what, like how he sees himself in the media, what he's afraid of, why he hasn't taken these steps. And, you know, all signs just led to being like, you know, you would be a great fit here with us. You know, we, we added Merle's, you know, we added Colby, but at the time we added, when we were talking about adding Colby, then like game notes, wasn't really a thought. It was kind of just like, Hey, like join the team and we'll figure it out later. And then uh, heading into the season, yeah, we wanted to we wanted to add a podcast, but the once a month thing kind of was uh, was up in the air, and we, we did the once a month podcast, and it never really picked up too much steam. And then once the playoffs started, it was uh, it was actually Colby's wife who mentioned that um, there's no good simulcasted hockey shows, at least for the playoffs, there wasn't like everything in America was off air. There's nothing like. We couldn't watch, you know, Sportsnet Central at noon. I'm pretty sure that got canceled. Like Leafs Lunch was no longer simulcasted here. Um, NHL Network was just doing highlights all day. Like there was no like daily hockey talk show. Right. So like recapping the night before, previewing previewing the night ahead. So Colby's wife was like, you guys should do this. And we stepped up and did it. And I think the guys did an amazing job. And hopefully we can get everything worked out for next season where we they they come back and we continue to do this and we continue to have so much fun with it but yeah i think it's uh it's 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 a lot of fun working with those guys they're very 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 easy guys to work with which as a producer it's there's nothing better than like someone who is just like super super easy to work with and they're they're just the best for sure man that's awesome Um, so mike i just want to shit dude thank you man this has been fucking fantastic man i've been i've been wanting to get one of you guys on here like forever man and like since i started it my kind of one of my goals was to get one of the boys from spitting chicklets you know what i mean and to just now to kind of sit on here and you know shoot the shit with you and like we were saying earlier on like you guys are just like us like, you know what I mean? You guys are fucking humans mm-hmm. too. You guys bleed. Yeah. I just sent an email way. one day that yeah. got answered. Yeah. And it's, I, I just, so <laughs> awesome. like I said, I just want to say thank you. Congrats on everything so far, man. You guys are killing it. Keep up the good work. And uh, we're definitely following buddy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, boys. I appreciate it a lot. This was uh, this was a ton of fun, and we'll I'll jump on again whenever you guys want. Maybe during the season we do some stuff, and I'm I'm happy to jump on again. This was uh, a lot of fun, and all the best to you guys. I hope you guys can um, you know, this can eventually turn into your full time job, like you said, and. Any sponsors out there that are listening, these guys are the future. You guys got to take go. a chance on these guys, and these these guys are next. Hat trick, the hat trick hockey pod is next, baby. I love it. Love Let's it, go. Thank right, you G. so much, Mike. Of course, boys. This was fun. Thanks, buddy.